The Gospel Shaped Home podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the ends of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to another episode of the Gospel Shaped Home podcast. Uh, we got some exciting news as we kick off today and this week, a new six-part series that we'll be running over the next six weeks over the summer on some questions that you, our listeners, have asked just related to parenting and family discipleship as we just seek to try to apply biblical wisdom and gospel truths to some pressing issues in parenting today. So today we are going to kick that off and we are going to talk about this question of how do you discern what your kids should read and watch? I'm Scott Reiner, kids pastor here at Providence, joined today by Jarek Oxendine, student pastor, and Daniel Savage, our pastor of discipleship. And so guys, as we think about this idea of discerning what your kids should read and watch and how to do that, it's made me to reflect back and think about some of my favorite books that I read in like middle school and high school. So what is one book you remember having to read, like assigned reading, middle school or high school age that you think, man, I remember that book and that was a great memory. Anything come to mind? Did you actually read the books you're supposed to (laughs) in ninth grade? Did we read? (laughs) Uh, I did. I did read some. Spark Notes. Spark Notes. That (laughs) was the good days. I did venture into Spark Notes. Is that still a thing? (laughs) Cliff Notes, Spark Notes. Yeah, it's still there. I the books that I remember, I remember The Catcher in the Rye being horribly depressing. <laughs> and I but I the book I remember liking the most was probably Tom Sawyer, which I probably I guess we read that in middle school. Was that would that have been a middle school book, Tom Sawyer? And it sounds um, like it. I don't feel like I'd read that, but or is, it, or is it what's the official title of the book? Is it Adventures of Huckleberry Finn or I'm looking. Anyway, <laughs> the, I remember liking that book and uh, I remember it being one of the few that I was assigned that I actually liked. Shout out to your eighth grade English language arts teacher, whatever you called them. I think I also liked 1984. Mm, yep. That one was okay. weird, but intriguing. I'm going to be honest. I did not. Oh, like, did you read any books? I did, but like, not that I enjoyed and that oh. had a lasting impact. Not, not of that just you remember. Like, other no, than I, passed like, I remember. I, n- <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading all the Fahrenheit uh, was that 491 and the great Gatsby. I remember reading those books, but did I like any of them? No, I just <laughs> did not. I just put up like a list. Uh, there was one series and this was like early middle school, elementary, middle school. It was Matt Christopher books and it was all about sports. It was a sports series. So I just read stories about kids who played sports. And then I was actually playing sports. Reading was always a chore. And mm. still a chore for me that I, I forced myself to read. And it's a good discipline. But there was no books other than like spiritual books I'd read that I really cared for. So like I read Christian books and scripture, but I did not read like for fun fiction. No, I just yeah. didn't. So like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Narnia. I just, I also did not read those books. Mm. Well, that's a good segue as we think about trying to <laughs> why we should We're not, as we talk about discerning what we should read and watch, we are not arguing that you should only read and watch Christian books and literature, but how do we help give discernment into other types of literature and how can we apply a biblical worldview and help our kids cultivate a biblical worldview? If you guys are curious to my answer to this question, as I thought about it, I don't know which of these books I actually liked, but The Outsiders, Lord of the Flies, Night, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. I filmed a video with a, a group project on that one. Great Gatsby was on my list. So. Animal Farm. 
animal form. Yep. Yep. So, so as we think about uh, discernment in this area, you know, Philippians 1, 9, and 10 came to mind for me. It says, it's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And so that's, that's what we're trying to do in these specific areas. I mean, this applies to any area of life and parenting. And so today, as we take a few minutes to think about what our kids should read and watch is we want to apply knowledge and discernment so that our kids can approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. And as I thought about this idea of just books and movies and shows and literature, and we're really getting at this idea of, of stories. And this is really important to remember because ultimately we live in a story and the Bible is this one grand story. You know, we talk about a lot, this idea that there's this one meta narrative of scripture and Jesus is the hero of the Bible. And, you know, theologians kind of point out this idea of creation, fall, redemption, restoration is this big story of the Bible. And as we think about that big story of the Bible, all the other things in our lives, whether it's assigned reading that Jarek didn't do when he was in eighth grade or books that we're, you know, reading with our, our five-year-olds or, you know, our kids are reading to themselves, second, third, fourth grade, whatever. These are all stories. And ultimately we as human beings being made and born in the image of God are drawn to stories because we live in this grander, bigger picture story of, of God's story. And so that is helpful to remember. And it's a good context and a framework to think about Mm -hmm. as we think about specifically and practically, all right, do I let my kids read or watch this? Is that we, we long for stories. We long for stories of redemption. And this idea of in the beginning is, you know, fairy tales are written, like the Bible was began in the beginning, God created. So these are important things to remember. It's important to remember that, you know, God created the world by what? His word. By words, right? Words are words are powerful. Words are meaningful. We, God has revealed Himself to us through His Word. Jesus was the Word made flesh, and so words and stories and all these things are they're part of who we are, and so that's why we love to read things and watch things. And um, so that a lot of times there's this fear of like, should our kids read this? Should they watch that? And we're hopefully going to give some help to try to exercise truth in those areas. But like, we want to read and watch things because of who we are and who God is. You know, good stories are powerful because they take moral formation outside the realm of abstraction and into the realm of imagination. That's a quote from Betsy Childs Howard. Uh, You know, so we want to have stories because they help form who we are. And so, you know, one of the things as we think about this idea is, as we try to exercise discernment in this area, is helping our kids think about moral formation. And so even in non-Christian books and movies, we want to help look for ideas and areas where we can form our kids by telling them and walking them through who they are supposed to be. You know, we've talked a lot recently, thinking back a couple of months ago to the Raising Kids series of planned and unplanned moments of discipleship. And I think this area of, of books and movies and TV shows is an area where we get both of those things kind of in one. There's planned moments of story time and of maybe it's a family movie night or whatever it is. And at the same time, it also opens up all these unplanned moments of what is going to happen in these books and in these shows and movies that we can use to help form our kids into who they were created to be and who we long for them to be. I think one of the other reminders is I've thought about this subject that's really helpful is it's a we're going to talk a little bit here in a minute and love to hear y'all's thoughts on just motives. Like what is our motive for why we allow our kids to read and watch certain things? But 
a lot of this area, I think, you know, I say a lot with everything that things are more caught than taught. And so what do we ourselves as parents, what are we communicating to our kids by the examples we set, the rules we live by, the limitations we may or may not have when it comes to what kinds of things do we read? What kinds of things do we watch? How often do we have the TV on? How often are you on your phone? Like a lot of times our kids are going to pick up on how powerful some of these things are by how we process them and how we engage with them. And so kids are often formed more by the examples we set than the rules that we communicate. And another thing we think about with this idea, and I'll ask you guys a few questions is, you know, the earlier on you think about these things and cultivate a discipline in exercising discernment, talking with your kids about, you know, the books they're reading and whatnot, the easier it is going to be to release them as they grow older. You know, this is especially true when it comes to reading books, because when your kids are really little, they can't actually read. So you have to read everything to them. And ultimately you're, you know, teaching them to read and then releasing them to read on their own. And so the, the more you can do in the early years to think about what are appropriate things to read and not is going to help them when they actually develop the ability to read as you think about exercise and discernment in this area of what it is that you do allow them to read and then ultimately what you allow them to watch as well. Any other kind of thoughts you guys have just on this idea of stories and um, consumption and whatnot? agree what he said. I don't know if I have any extra thoughts to add right now. No, I think that's, those are good um, kind of framing thoughts to think about, you know, why would we consume any of these things? Why would we read anything that's not, in particular, why would we read anything that's not Christian, for example? Or why would we, um, you know, so that there is this sort of uh, sacred secular sort of divide that we can create where we just want to lump everything into these big categories of, well, that's good for my kid because it's Christian and that's, or this is not good for my kid because it's not Christian. And well, that's not necessarily the case. We have to think a little bit more broadly than that and think, okay, there are stories and there's creativity and there are things to consume in the world. And how do you discern what's good to consume and how much of it to consume and those kinds of thoughts? there's these four questions that are kind of out there to help you think about like your existence. Uh, they're, they're pretty popular. I've heard them in a lot of things and they're the question of who am I? Why am I here? What is wrong with the world? And how can what is wrong be made right? Who am I? Why am I here? What is wrong with the world? How can what is wrong be made right? And as we think about stories and movies, like in anything we read and watch, there's a way to talk about one of those questions. Like everything in our lives, it's ultimately trying to answer that question and it may not be answering it correctly from a biblical worldview. And so as you engage with your kids and, you know, consuming these types of things, like you're always going to have an opportunity to either tell them why either rightly or wrongly that question has been answered and talked about. And I mean, everything just out there, like it is, it's speaking to an existence and it's speaking to something. And um, so those are good, good questions to kind of think about, um, as you process and dialogue with these things, you know, C.S. Lewis has this great quote and obviously he's written a lot of, a lot of literature um, for kids and for not kids. And, you know, he said a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a good children's story in the slightest. And I saw that was really cool because, you know, we can go back and read Chronicles of Narnia and Mm -hmm. whatnot and just be blown away by some of the the stuff in it. And I think it's just true. And it's not like, Oh, we're going to graduate on to better stories one day. Like we can keep coming back to some of these classic children's stories, even because of what they're teaching 
and showing us about some of these ultimate questions of our existence and the meaning of life and the fact that there is a God and he created the world and he created us for a purpose. And um, so question for you guys, how is it that you can filter what your kids can read and watch? And how do you do this in your own life? As you think about the own, the own things that you read and watch either for yourselves, your family, like what are kind of rules and limitations that you set to help you think about what is okay to watch, what's not okay to watch, what is okay to read, what's not okay to read? Well, um, we, I mean, I, I guess we think about a few different categories um, and filters, you know, and, and so and these filters and categories have shifted and changed as my kids have gotten older. Um, you know, there were there was a time, you know, when my kids were younger, when we we thought more about, you know, the fear factor of certain things was, is it, are there fearful images? Are there some things that are going to create uh, fear? Cause we, you know, you're in the season of life where you have a lot of bad dreams, there's fear and darkness. And, and so you're, you're trying to, we were trying to watch that even like input of uh, images and things that might stick in their heads. I'd say we think less about that now and probably think more now about um, just uh, worldview. Uh, we think about ideologies that might be contained in certain things. Um, with two boys who are getting a little older, I think a lot about um, purity and uh, how much sexual content is in something that they might read or watch. Uh, so those are some of the things I'm thinking about. Basically, I guess maybe one way to sum it up is we try to think about what influence is this going to have on their mind? Uh, so what is it going to have them thinking about what is it going to have them processing? And is that something I think they're ready to process? And if so, how should they process it? And what part should I play in that, that kind of thinking? Yeah. I think it's wise to consider because um, many of the books or songs or uh, movies that uh, maybe the teenager or kid wants to watch is influenced by their friends. And so I think it is it's healthy to kind of hear um what are the books, what are the songs, what are the movies that even their friends are thinking about? Because again, it's helping you get into a, like, what is the cultural mindset or what are the cultural trends? And cause then you as a parent are starting to recognize what are the influences like are trending, um, on social media, et cetera. So I feel like it's wise to know what's going on as a parent, but sometimes that's even overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, uh, you know, trying to keep up with every narrative, trying to keep up with every, um, uh, influence that's out there. And I think it is helpful to have certain organizations that are credible within, um, Christians, Christian fears for us to like, see like, Hey, like I know Daniel, we mentioned common sense, um, media or focus on the family. Um, I feel like a lot of those are already set in place to help kind of help discern. That's what they're doing for every movie, every book. Like there's someone who's written a a resource, a helpful content to help the parent to discern what is uh, appropriate for my son and daughter to read and watch right now. Because again, I feel like a lot of the reasons they, they might be motivated to read and watch is because someone else is talking about it. And so I feel like that's just um, something to give parents, even myself, like I would, if there's a new movie like Jurassic World or Top Gun that just came out, like I'm, I'm going to look at IMDb um, and different guide to help me understand like what's going to be in the movie for people who've already watched it. Uh, that's just a wise principle. Uh, I think it's, 
really foolish not to look at those um, type of parent guides that are already produced. Uh, whether they're Christian or not, I feel like they're they're really accurate to say this is what's in the film, this is what's in the movie. Um, and I think that's really helpful to take the stress and burden off of parents feeling like they have to see and know everything that's coming uh, at their son and daughter. So I feel like those are really gates to also um, have as a filter for us. Yeah. One thing, you know, there was a stretch in our life where like we would just, those people that would just turn the TV on and it would just be on. And you know, the older your kids get, the more they get zoned into it. Like even, even a six month old just start staring at the screen and like, there's just wisdom. And like, if you're not actually watching something intentional, like don't have it on. Um, and so I think that's helpful. One other things that I've thought about is, you know, we read our kids a lot of books, um, you know, Keller's just beginning to read and Audrey's always away still. Um, but like, we try to make sure, like we think about this pyramid. And so Brett McCracken's got another good resource out there, the wisdom pyramid. And we always, for our kids, I want to show them like, before we read anything else, like the Bible is going to be foundational. And so kind of one of the habits we've instilled in our house, like we're going to read stories, and books like before bed a lot of times, but like those never come before the Bible. Like the Bible is going to, is going to happen. And if we have time and they're, they behave well enough, like we'll read another, you know, random book, but those things aren't going to come at the expense of the Bible, but in addition to it. Um, and so that's been helpful for us just to kind of ingrain that in our kids that like God's word is the thing we're going to read more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's helped us. And, you know, one of the other things about this idea is like, ultimately we, it's just, there's so much stuff out there. As you guys are talking, I'm just thinking I'm that guy that gets on Netflix and spends 20 minutes looking for something to watch. And I'm like, sounds like a bunch of good stuff out here, but I'm out of time and I don't actually watch anything. I've just spent the whole time looking for something that I could watch. And there's just so many books out there. Like it's just the paradox of choice. is just, it's mind blowing to me. And so ultimately with anything your kids come across, like you want to be able to curate it. And like I said earlier, there's a way to point people to forming them as image bearers and helping them to see this bigger picture of God's world and God's story and really anything we read and like, how can you redeem it and help your kids think through that and process through that? Here's a a good question as you know, I've thought about this topic. It really gets at the heart of like, what is your motive? And so like this idea of why is it that you're allowing your, your kids to, to read this certain book, to watch this certain show, like, what is the motive behind it? Any, any thoughts you guys have just getting to motives behind why it is that we allow our kids to, I feel like this comes up more often in, in screen time and what we allow our kids to watch, like just motives behind why is it that you allow and what maybe habits you may have to think about that idea of motivation behind. Yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like, um, when you think about motives, it's, it's a reflection when you think about, uh, what your kids are watching, listening to, et cetera. It's a reflection of what you're watching, what you're listening to. Um, because like if you, I know for me, Brittany, uh, when we think about certain movies, like there's things that I might be watching that I'm not really, Scott, you have said intentional in watching. So I'm not in, like gauging what are the themes uh, within the movie. How am I filtering in the way that there there is a, a cultural influence that's in the movie, but yet I'm not responding and receiving it um, as like in a critical mindset and thinking. And so I feel like if my heart is uh, not cautious um, or again, Jeremiah saying our heart is deceitful. And so like I can be deceived by the very things that are being produced uh, in movies. So I feel like for us, um, what we as parents are watching and reading, I feel like is a, is a good heart check, even for us when we think about how that might trickle down into the, 
into our family. Um, yeah, I think um, as my kids have gotten older, um, it you know, you, you Jarek, you're just talking about how it's a reflection of what you watch, and I I think that's true up to a certain point where now I'm seeing more and more what my kids want to watch is more a reflection of what their kid what their friends, friends watch. Want to watch, yeah. Um, and so what they hear about at school or what they, um, their friends are talking about. Uh, so it, it presents all kinds of opportunities to examine motivations when, you know, all my friends are watching something and then dad says, you can't watch it. You know, so I, um, you know, we talked, we talked about common sense media, uh, earlier. I bet I use, uh, common sense media once a week, just because one of my kids comes home and says, I want to read this or I want to watch this. And so I, I have to look it up to see, well, what is it about? What, what's in it? And, and so that, that's a pretty normal thing at our house. And then, you know, I either I make some decision, yes or no. And sometimes it's, yes, you can watch that, but I have to watch it with you, you know, because I'm just not totally sure. Um, and, and then sometimes when I say no, a lot of times there's a follow-up question to, well, why not? You know, all my friends are watching it, which can be a tricky conversation um because i I, i'm wanting to explore with them you know um even their own motivation in their heart well if i'm telling you that there are things that in this that are in this that aren't good why do you want to watch it and um and a lot of times it's because it's things that we're familiar with right this the fear of man they want to be on the inside they don't want to be on the outside they when this conversation is going on at school they want to they want to know what's happening and how to how to participate and so those are idols that you know we have to walk through putting to death like it's okay for you not to be on the inside on this one yeah. um and and that brings up all kinds of other things and yeah. just opportunities to think about how to be a christian in the world an exile in a world that's not our home right so that's kind of a that that's a constant tension that we're going to feel and so walking these uh, conversations about what to watch, I think are particularly fertile for that sort of idea of how do, how do I, how do I live as an exile in a world that's not my home? There's just going to be certain things, you know, that, that the whole world is going to run after that I'm not going to run after. And I have to be okay with that, um, which so is, is hard. You see it as a training ground, like you're training uh, your son or daughter how to, kind of filter even in their minds when your friends are watching, for example, maybe Stranger Things or or like I feel like different shows, et cetera, that uh, others might be watching, but yet it's actually creating unhealthy habits, unhealthy, yeah. you know, Scott, you had talked about whatever's Philippians, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, like think about these things. But when you have these movies or shows, et cetera, that are uh, uh, completely opposite in opposition to what God's word would say, uh, then you're recognizing and maybe like it's even uh, to the point, uh, and I mentioned to the, you, this to you, Scott, that uh, Walt Mueller um, from CYPU, he gives like guides for parents to through commercials or through certain movies to even help your son and daughter to see the influences that are representing within um, that show or TV, um, et cetera, uh, which like you said, becomes a training ground because it is, it does make you feel lonely when someone else is having a conversation and like your friends are and yet you're not a part of it. Yep. So like there's that fear of man, but there's that fear of being lonely. Uh, and so you're trying to do anything to combat that. Yep. 
which is anger towards a parent. Like, why would you not let me do this? It can definitely turn into that. Yeah. I've had to ask myself just the question, like, am I doing this for distraction, like trying to distract my kids or am I using this for discipleship? And I told Mary recently, like with, you know, kids our age, like it's really exhausting to read like for 30 straight minutes, like out loud. If you've ever done that, like, and it's like really good because our kids aren't going wild and crazy and they love books and it's a chance to interact and engage with them. But like, it's really exhausting, but like in a really good way, because I'm not just telling them to go play and busy themselves, but it's a way kind of like we talked about earlier, like it's a planned moment to have unplanned moments of discipleship. And so that's a question I've really tried to ask myself a lot lately. Am I doing this to distract them by, you know, putting on the show or telling them to go look at this book? Or am I using this as a moment for discipleship? You know, the other thing we talked about with this idea as we wrap up, is just, you know, there's not a right or wrong answer. Well, there are some wrong answers of certain things. And, this realm, and there are some right answers. There's some right answers, but ultimately, you know, this, that's why we're using this word discernment. Like it's applying wisdom on who are your kids? What is, you know, the season of life you're in? Like there are going to be different stages where maybe more TV is better. Other times where less TV, like it's just applying discernment. And so there's not this, this is the answer. And because there's just not an answer. And so one of the helpful things to remember is like, people are going to not agree exactly and land on the same place Mm -hmm. on this issue. And there may be people, you know, that allow their kids to watch certain things that you wouldn't allow your kids to watch. And I think it's just a helpful reminder to, you know, we don't have to agree on every issue. Like we agree that the Bible is the word of God and Jesus is the son of God. And he rose again. And the Holy spirit is like, we, there's these core essential truths to the Christian faith that we believe. And just because we may disagree on some minor issues like this, doesn't mean we have to like make enemies with other people, but we can show charity and, and agree to disagree with people and love them well. And this, you know, this is an area just to continue to be challenged in and to think about, you know, we mentioned a number of resources, you know, over the last few minutes, common sense media, uh, we you know did a series on Habits of the Household a few months ago. And if you go to their website, habitsofthehousehold.com, there's a list of curated content to read. You could Google a complete classical Christian school reading list, and it has a list of recommended books for grades one through eight. Brett, McCrack- Brett McCracken and the Wisdom Pyramid is a great new resource, just thinking about tiers of when and where to engage in certain things. And so those are some resources we would point you to to learn more about this subject. And we will continue doing some more frequently asked questions over the coming weeks, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home podcast produced by Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.